This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech and Agents, a bonus episode from For Tech's Sake, where we tear some problematic tech to shreds. I'm Jenny Darmody. And I'm Elaine Burke. So in the latest episode of For Tech's Sake, we talked about all the tech within the health industry. But given what's going on in the world right now, it's time to talk about the health of the tech industry. So we interrupt our normal bonus content to bring you a complete shit show. Twit show. Twit show. <laughs> Yay. Directed by chief twit, Elon Musk. Yeah, it's been a bit of a time. Oh my God. I mean, I don't want to talk about him, but he's very much the elephant in the room right now. Yeah. We have to talk about him. Big blue bird elephant. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth actually putting a disclaimer on because I think it's important to timestamp today's episode because Twitter seems to be literally on the brink of collapse. So even though we are only recording this on the 18th of November and it's due to go live on the 23rd, Twitter could be gone by then. Yeah. So who knows? Or it could be fine. It's I don't know. Lunchtime on Friday, once they all start waking up and no one can go into the offices at Twitter today. Yeah. It could die today. It yeah. could survive. Who knows? Yeah. That's the big, that's the big fun question of the weekend coming up now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if, if you got this bonus content because we tweeted about it, great. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. What are we going to do, Jenny? What are we going to do if Twitter dies? You can't get a bus update. <laughs> we can't share stuff. We lose audience. Like it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. Literally every second tweet I've seen this morning is people saying goodbye, which is just grim. It's sort of like before. Do you remember those messages we used to get um, when the signal was jammed on New Year's yeah. Eve? Or it's like before the signal gets jammed, I just want to say Happy New Year. Everyone's like, before Twitter goes down, I just want to say it's been a wild time. Oh my God, it really is the party at the end of the world. <laughs> it's, we'll always have my limes. My limes. My favorite tweet of all time. Oh, my limes. I, sc- I got tweeted at by Marty's Lyric FM show today and I screenshotted it. Screenshot all your faves now. Start taking note because it oh, could all be gone. See, that could, that might not have happened if if it was a different time, you know? I may never get to reconnect with Marty. <laughs> so let's talk about how we got here. How did we get here? Well, um, Elon Musk was born in Pretoria, <laughs> South Africa. Webster's Dictionary is we are- social media. We are going to go back to the start. Where did it all begin? Um, so really, really short bio. Born in South Africa. Mm. His mom is Canadian uh, or Canadian born. So he got Canadian sh- citizenship and moved to Canada at 17 because his aim was to eventually move to the States and it'd be easier to do that with Canadian citizenship. Um, so he always had his eyes on, I suppose, tech in the US and he became like a key figure in the early days of Silicon Valley. Um, so where did it all come from? Actually, Quick question. Do you know what he's worth right now? <laughs> Richest that, person in the world? I mean, when I talked about his wealth, like literally a week or two ago, it was 212. But I know it's gone down since 212 billion it was at the time. Yeah. And I would have been maybe earlier than you. And I was at 203. Today, I'm looking at the live rich people tracker from Forbes. And he's still number one by a, a distance. But the distance is shortening. Mm. 191.4 billion is his current um, net worth, I guess. And that has gone, according to this tracker, down two and a half billion today. No. Oh. And that could keep 
climbing downwards. Now, next in line is still 20 billion behind him. And it's not a tech bro. Oh. Yeah, it's Bernard Arnault and family. So the whole family gets mentioned there. But basically, he's the head of uh, LVMH, so Louis Vuitton and lots of those uh, high-end brands there. That's that's where he's getting his wealth from. Um, Jeff Bezos is actually number four. I did not know he was that so far. People always think that he is actually the world's richest person. Um, Bill Gates is like number six or something like that. This is from the live tracker as of Friday. <laughs> this um, could all be gone totally different by Wednesday. I mean, if he loses two billion a day, for example. Well, this is how quickly this stuff can change because Mark Zuckerberg dropped off the top 10 in February 2022. It's his net worth because of Facebook stock crashing like 70 something percent this yeah. year has, has gone down massively because these people aren't liquid. This isn't money they have. Yeah, this isn't reserve. real cash. Yeah, this is like their stocks and shares and all their, their worth. It's all tied up in the company. Yeah, so as Twitter and Tesla stocks collapse, so does Elon Musk's wealth. Worth. Yeah. Um, although Twitter's not traded anymore. God, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> so... But where did all his wealth come from? So most people will mention he's the son of a co-owner of an emerald mine. So start rich, get rich, makes it a bit easier. Um, but his first startup was web software company Zip2. He founded that with his brother. And this was acquired by Compaq, who were a big name in tech back then, in 1999 for $307 million. So that was 1999. You're talking dot-com boom yeah. era. So he did well at the dot-com boom. Um, he then went on to co-found the online bank x.com. And that's where we get PayPal. So Musk is a founder of PayPal because of x.com. Because that merged mm. with the kind of the earliest iteration of PayPal to form what then became known as PayPal. And the founders of that are like Silicon Valley's elite. So the YouTube founders, Steve Chen, Jawad Karim and Chad Hurley were all involved. Uh, LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman was involved. Investor Peter Thiel, who has his own dodgy dodgy dealings uh, was also involved so they're known collectively as the PayPal mafia so these yeah. Silicon Valley entrepreneurs who did really really well out of PayPal going public a year after it was formed from that merger um, and just kind of I, some of them went on to become investors in, in other new bets uh, some of them went on to found more companies and Musk is one who kind of went on to found companies but we'll Kind of get into that. Uh, More on that later. Yeah. So he is the founder and CEO of SpaceX since 2002. That's kind of what he did with his uh, PayPal fortunes in a way. Um, we've already talked a bit about SpaceX in our first episode and our bonus first episode. Uh, so see Space Bros episode for more on SpaceX and Starlink and what they do. But even though he's known to be CEO of SpaceX and he has been in that position since 2002, it's kind of considered known throughout the industry that Gwyn Shotwell, who's been there from the early days and the COO kind of runs SpaceX because Elon Musk is running a ton of companies if you mm. look at his list of titles. So like, how do you possibly do that? Well, you do that by, by actually installing people who do that work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're a CEO of three companies and actually running them, I mean, that's just yeah. not realistic. How could any human being do yeah. that? Um, and he is human at the end of the day. Um, he is then angel investor, CEO and Product architect, I think he calls himself at Tesla, not co-founder, which mm -hmm. is often uh, misstated uh, because he kind of. So there was two people founded Tesla in 2003, Martin Eberhard and Mark Tappernig. And then there was a third employee, Ian Wright, who joined a few months later. And this is common in the startup world where companies are early days and early forming and early employees take on the founder status, even though they weren't there from day one. Um, but Musk essentially kind of bought his way in 
So they raised a $7.5 million funding round and six and a half million of that came from Elon Musk. Um, and that, that came from his PayPal fortune as well, shortly after that, that this happened. And then there was like a legal fight about who could be called co-founder and uh, Eberhard uh, tarpening the two original guys, right that early uh, employee, Elon Musk and Strobel, uh, a member of the board of directors. Uh, what was his first name? JB, <laughs> JB Strobel. Uh, they all ended up with the founder title out mm. of that, but it's kind of considered that the, the two in the beginning are the, the ones who incorporated the company are Martin Eberhard and Mark Tarpening. I find it so funny that founder, in my opinion, is a word that actually means something, you know, like you founded a company. Yeah. And the and fact that he bought that title is just so beautiful, given where we are in the world where he's getting people to buy blue ticks on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, easy. you can buy status. Everyone yeah. can. Let's all just buy our status. But I have to say, like, you know, now, now from covering the startup world for a while, this isn't unusual. No, people have bought founder status before. There have been battles about who can claim founder status in, in startups and like who was there when and who came with what idea yeah. to the table and all this stuff has happened with plenty of startups um, but it's just kind of it, it helps with the myth of Musk Yeah, I think that he has all these kind of founder and CEO statuses hanging around him and really the actual detail doesn't back up mm. a lot of that so he is also co-founder of OpenAI yes which I forget yes. about often actually yeah so um, for anyone who doesn't know that's an AI research lab Um. It kind of was founded by mainly by Busk and Sam Altman. He's the president of Y Combinator, prestigious Silicon Valley startup accelerator, and he's an investor. So he does well out of backing early stage startups that he knows are going to do well. Oh, well, not knows. No one knows. But he makes good bets, basically. And OpenAI, uh, general listeners might be familiar with uh, DALI. If mm. you saw on Twitter, remember Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> People sharing images with some text. That relates to that image. So they used an AI image generator to describe, um, I don't know. A, I can't. A my concept. imagination is shot. Yeah. A concept, <laughs> you know, like technology in the future. And, yeah. You know, something like that. Oh, actually. Yes. Ah, I know what you're getting on here. You you, you can tell that story now. Well, <laughs> people people who are more aware of Dolly might have, might have an eagle eye and might have spotted this. But our own logo, our For Tech's Sake podcast logo, was actually created by an AI because it's um it's got a little tell on the bottom of it I cannot remember the bottom right corner is yeah the little logo. what to call it but um yeah you'll see a little um giveaway there a watermark if you will yeah. that shows that it was created by an AI so a little bit of meta-ness for us that yeah. an AI created our tech logo so that's what open AI is doing it's creating these programs that can do I mean pretty forward thinking stuff with AI they're, they're very very progressive what they're putting out there they're also behind GPT-3 which you and I would be familiar with because it's going to dig our jobs um, GPT-3 is a language model that can write things it's written essays about itself it's um, pretty pretty sophisticated um, but Musk is all of that stuff has happened since Musk has actually departed the mm -hmm. board of OpenAI so he was a founder but um, he's not really involved in OpenAI anymore he's also the founder of this is a long long list the boring company. Oh, yeah. Because he's gas. Um, boring as in drilling tunnels, not boring as in dull. Um, well. So. <laughs> and tunnel, tunnels is good stuff, you know. Building tunnels. Oh, necessary. no, that wasn't a crack at tunnels. That was a crack at him. <laughs> uh, so that company was formed uh, 
well, kind of announced by Musk December 2016, um, properly formed as a SpaceX subsidiary then, and separated from SpaceX as its own company in 2018. Um, the nebulous ways of years with these startups <laughs> and companies. Yeah. Very like careful how you phrase things. I know, like when is when, when is was the it launched? <laughs> when was it created? When did it actually exist? Yeah, so it's it's basically tunnels for transports is is what they focus on. But I suppose they can bore, bore tunnels for any purpose. Um, but it was closely linked to the time when Musk got really heavily interested in Hyperloop as a concept. Mm. Um, and again, something he's often credited with is inventing the Hyperloop com- concept. He didn't. He did write a white paper on it that was really, really popular. And he's kind of seen as responsible for popularizing the mm. concept. The Hyperloop concept, which is about kind of creating um, tunnels that kind of have a vacuum so that you can travel really fast mm-hmm. because uh, the creation of a vacuum vacuum will force mm. whatever train or whatever module or pod you put in there to travel really, really quickly between cities. That actually dates back to 1799. Wow. 18th century, just, just the tail end of the 18th century. Yeah, so um, it wasn't a new idea. But, you know, you're not going to fault anyone that. Lots of science is built on other people's ideas. Mm. It's just that, it, again, the myth of Musk. A lot of this stuff is accidentally miscredited. And, mm. and that kind of thing just helps to create all this mythology around him. Um, so we're just setting the record straight here. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they drill holes. Um, they will maybe eventually drill holes for Hyperloop concepts, but they're still very much in development. Um, and Musk's not really involved in that development or even like the contests that are done to design the pods that would work in this kind of vacuum train concept. Mm. Um, co-founder of Neuralink. I hate this. Now this ties in with our health tech episode for sure. Yeah. Um, Neuralink develops implantable brain machine interfaces or brain computer interfaces. You might see them referred to as one or the other. Uh, it's lots, lots and lots of problems. Red yeah. flags around <laughs> this whole concept. So uh, brain computer interface is obviously a very, very tricky business. Um, I mean, there's ethical questions. There's um, how the experimentation is done questions i mean there's been a lot of testing on animals from Neuralink, and mm. a, a lot of um sketchy stories around how the testing on animals has taken place and mm. um, Peter's not a fan unsurprisingly yeah and uh yeah i mean what nice things can you say about Neuralink? some the other thing to say about Neuralink is neuroscientists and publications uh you know publications that are high standard like mit tech, mm-hmm. tech review They've criticized the claims made by Neuralink and what it can do. And this is the showman side mm. of Musk. He's done a few demos with Neuralink with um, certain animals. Um, there's definitely one with a monkey. I feel like there was another creature I'm forgetting about. Uh, is it a pig? Oh, yes, I think it I was. I think it was a pig. A pig. Yeah. And it's all just come screaming back to me. Now. <laughs> screaming like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> so the demos have created more questions than answers yeah and this is a trope with Elon Musk he's no Steve Jobs yeah <laughs> Steve Jobs really had that good showmanship vibe to him whatever problem you have with Steve Jobs as an entrepreneur he definitely knew how to put on a show he kind of created the whole idea of doing like these big launch events mm. that other companies then aspire to copy and the whole one more thing at mm. the end and all that kind of stuff comes from Steve Jobs and um, Musk is not a showman <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's charming. Like yeah. Jobs was able to pull off. He's like he, he's not a comfortable performer. He's quite awkward to watch. I find. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he's done the stunts with Neuralink. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets a lot of PR about it because lots of kind of 
maybe less science-led writers would be duped into thinking, yes, yeah. this is the future. They can program your brain with mm. chips. Um, which is unfortunate. You really have to try and find the the science behind this stuff and, and try and confirm it. And then there's, you know, the stuff he's done with Tesla. Do you remember the Cybertruck event? Yeah. What happened with that? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> this was great fun you know in Aladdin in the opening when they've got the storyteller being like he's the snake oil salesman and he's like yeah. it won't break it won't break oh it broke yeah. um, that was the cyber truck yeah. <laughs> uh, he was talking about how tough this awful looking machine was this uh, vehicle that I don't know like I think it was meant to be a bit Batmobile <laughs> for all the ways it was built to endure all sorts of things for your city travel in a Tesla Um. But oh my goodness, it was so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was meant to be super, super strong. And he went at it, I think it was sort of a baseball bat or something, or maybe it was like a big, like a shot. I'm not a sports person. <laughs> Is it a shot put, the big metal ball thing that they throw? Is that what that's called? Those things. Yeah. Sports people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, threw one of them at the window and yeah, it broke. Of course the window smashed. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And then there was the Tesla humanoid. Robot. I was which, just going to say my favorite, which was a man in a suit. At first, first. <laughs> first iteration was a man in a suit. I mean, we've got those already, Elon. <laughs> was it Halloween? What are you doing? <laughs> so he'll pull these stunts. Now, they, they've done a later presentation with the humanoid robot. Still looks awkward. Um, and there's there's people making humanoid robots that are way more advanced. Yeah. Um, like there's there's stuff that looks like coming straight out of iRobot mm. being developed right now. And actually, I was literally just recently speaking to Connor McGinn uh, from Akara Robotics, an Irish robotics startup, and he knows robots. And he was kind of saying a lot of the humanoid robot stuff, and if you're talking about purpose, um, currently mostly being made for entertainment value, mm. um, but the advances that are being made in terms of getting them to be accurate with expressions and maybe um, human mm. movement and stuff like that can be useful for social robotics down the line. Yeah, it can trickle down yeah. the tech, the technology, but not the actual like, oh my God, it looks like a real human man yeah. in a suit. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably what it is if it's Elon Musk presenting it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Neuralink, ooh, that's a strange one. That's a tricky one. Um. And the showmanship. And then that brings us to owner and is he CEO of Twitter has never declared himself CEO of Twitter I don't think he likes traditional titles because he's like a child yeah uh, he said his first one was Chief Twit which is just my favourite I love that he gave us those words to refer him to officially yeah to him officially. he then changed it because I have so many thoughts about um how like just how he operates as a person but like he changed it to like Chief com like uh, Complaint Hotline complaint yeah. operator yeah. because people are giving out about him. And he gets really affected by that. He sure does. Thin, so, thin skin. And I just checked and as of um, lunchtime Friday, he has nothing under his profile. Oh, for God's sake. He's got no profile. Ooh. It's just his name. I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually just changed it to Musk. Yeah. <laughs> that type of person. Keeping us guessing. My boyfriend has always said he sounds like a an aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's now at the helm. That's generally what I've been referring to as because yeah. he is at the helm. There you go. Uh, let that sink in. Oh, no. I can't. I hate I it. I can't with the stupid jokes <laughs> and the shit posting. I hate it. I hate it, but I had to say it. There's been so much chaos that he has caused. So much. Um, one of the biggest stories over the past couple of weeks has been 
mass layoffs and that's happened within the tech industry in general but the Twitter layoffs are kind of a different story okay I'm pretty sure can't be sure because I don't know but I'm fairly certain Twitter without Elon Musk would not have escaped making layoffs yeah every other company has Amazon Facebook they're all predicting it Twitter definitely would have been one of them especially since Twitter has for years not been making any money as it is so they Mm -hmm. they did need to cut costs yeah and advertisers were probably going to cut yeah. advertising spend this quarter anyway moderately that's happened. yeah, yeah. It's, not the way no <laughs> no the twitter the twitter shit show has been um a totally different ball game because in, like it was like a week of just every day it was a different thing and um, the the start of it was like i'm going to cut half the staff but he also seemed to cut them with no thought whatsoever but even like I have to say, like, there is no way, even if he put thought into it, he put a week of thought into it. Like, there is no yeah. way you can get rid of something like 3,000, 3,500 3, 3, employees in a week without making some fucking mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. That's, that's what's, that's the start of it. That's just the general firing, mass firing of people. And, and most people will have probably heard by now the horrendous way he did it, which is, you know, if you get an email to your personal account, you're fired. If you get an email to your Twitter account, you're fine for now. Um, so that was all horrendous, but he's also done a bunch of other stuff. Like I'm going to make people pay for the blue tick. And now what does verification even mean? And then like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not doing that now. We're doing an official label instead. And, and oh no, I just killed that. Cause someone told me it was a bad idea. This is what's happening yeah, on Twitter. Now. The official logo is back, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I I feel like it's pointless to explain them too much to listeners because it'll probably change in the five days between now and when this episode comes out. But the blue tick was always problematic in a way. It was very nebulously not transparent about how it was given to people. They did overhaul it recently-ish and it's sort of seen as a beacon of this is a trustworthy person. It's at least who they say they are. Yeah. At the very least, and you know, it's it started to be given out to like journalists and things like that for like the idea of like this is a person of note who gives you know trustworthy news, and most news brands would have them as well. Um, that's the general idea. Um, now think about it. It's so easy to make an account that looks like one of those official brands or news brands and say things. Yeah, and those little ticks really did help to yeah. not spread misinformation yeah at the very least you know plenty of people who have very questionable thoughts and morals and opinions and ethics will have blue ticks but at least you know that's the actual person and not an impersonator at the very least that's kind of the idea behind the blue tick and under Elon Musk you can now buy that tick and oh what could possibly go wrong well (laughs) Well. very 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 quickly so many brands had blue ticks and and they weren't really them my Mm. favorite was Eli Lilly, a pharma company who, um, which said that insulin is now free for everyone. Obviously, that was not the actual Elon yeah, because, or Eli Lilly. Because Eli Lilly was being cute with their social media handles and their actual official social media handle is at the lily pad or something cute like that. Yeah. So someone was easily able to get the handle Eli Lilly and company or something similar, mm-hmm. similar to that by a blue tick. And didn't that look lovely and official? Yeah. And you would think no one would be fooled by the tweet, insulin is now free, because that's never going to happen. A pharma mm-hmm. company is never going to be that good to the world. Mm. But their stock crashed. Yeah. <laughs> their stock was affected by what was just a complete and utter prank. Yeah. A hoax. Yeah. But the world is stupid, Jenny. <laughs> Purely set up, though, to prove that 
you know, hey, hey, Musk, maybe this was not a good idea. So he rolled that back really quickly. And then he was like, oh, we're going to do like an official tag now. So I've seen these. They've come back. Um, things like the Washington Post, the New York Times, all the big lads have official written under their Yeah, we didn't get one. Their How profile. rude. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because we give out about him a lot. <laughs> Which is not unrealistic because mm. he does punish people for giving out about him. Yeah. More reported, on that later. Reportedly. Reportedly. Yeah, reportedly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. He's, he's problematic at the helm of a very influential, I would say, social media platform. Um, you know, the subscriptions, the advertising has plummeted because he is chaotic and unpredictable. And they're like, no, whatever advertising they might have been pulling back before, they're like, no, stop. Just stop spending money. This is a shit show, as yeah. we said. And also, you know, because of all this mess, people keep resigning. So he fired half the staff, but more people keep resigning. Because why would you stay, honestly, if like if you had somewhere else to go? Lots of people are like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. There's head of trust and safety. Yeah, now that was a big loss because he hung in there. Yoel Roth, he hung in there. And he was the only person actually giving, like, you know, leadership level yeah. annotations to yeah. this madness. Any like, communication, really, to any be honest. Communication. He, he was the person to actually confirm the 50% figure because that was just rumor and speculation yeah. until he tweeted that that was the figure. Um, and he was the head of trust and safety. And even he had his day within a week yeah. after kind of standing by in the yeah. original round of layoffs. So that was massive. Yeah, that was a huge loss. They're, they're I think they're head of like advertising as well. Yeah, was uh, uh, left as well. Um, and then just recently, and I do mean as in today is Friday. This happened over the last twenty four hours. Um, well, it's happened since the start of the week. He sent out an email. This is, this is a lot to my favorite. There's so much just happened in the last few days, <laughs> and there's so many different bits that are my favorite bit as well. Like it's awful, but like he literally sent them an email to be like, you know building this vision nah, nah, nah. you've got to be hardcore you've got to be you know working extra hours it's got to be really intense which is you know um sort of what his mo has been in other companies as well there's been lots of reports of yeah. you know overworking he's a person who wants people in the office all the time he wants people putting in more than 40 hours a week he's this yeah type of personality. Not, not a man known to respect labor laws even in the u.s yeah. where they're loose yeah <laughs> <laughs> jesus yeah and not not one for the work-life balance let's no. say um so anti-remote working yeah he has been now he has kind of softened on that i'm sure you'll get to that oh yeah but he has been vocally against it personally yeah as a concept yeah he did try to roll back an entire company-wide policy overnight and got pushed back from um someone in legal i believe was trying to fight within the slack channel in twitter i mean it's a mess it's an absolute dumpster fire so he kind of had to roll back on it a little bit but he's still sort of like giving out and he's saying um you know if a manager vouches for you that you're doing an excellent job and it's okay for you to work from home, you know, that's fine. But like managers now, you can't lie and say people are doing an excellent yeah. job. Like he's or still... you get fired. So creating like a, just an intensity and a like sense of anxiety around your job constantly. Yeah. Fun yeah. for yeah. everybody. For everybody, absolutely. So he like he's that kind of person. So he sent this email to be like, you know, building Twitter 2.0. You know, if you want to be part of this journey, it's going to be a lot of intensive hours. It's going to be a tough time. you got to be hardcore. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's, there's one picture now. There's probably other pictures that I haven't verified, but there is one picture of one employee who slept on the floor within that first week of Elon taking over. Yep. That is that is legitimate. Mm -hmm. She is definitely an employee at Twitter. She's st she still was last time I checked. She 
Who knows? Who knows, honestly. But I mean, she was up for the hardcore sleeping at her desk and it was uh, the picture was actually taken by someone who was looking for her that that was their Mm. manager. And they were like, well, this is what's happening with my manager. Yeah. Well. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. If I found my manager sleeping on the floor, I'd, I'd, I'd run. Like, run. We, like we said, it's been a bit of a time. But my favorite part of that email was um, he wanted them to commit uh, by clicking on this link. And I mean, like, he wanted to get Twitter employees to click on a random link in an email that in looked dodgy. Form, yeah. At a time when a lot of the company's cybersecurity staff have presumably resigned or been fired, it it looks like a phishing scam. The CEO of your company is literally saying, "Hello, this is your CEO. <laughs> click on you this. Want to work? Here? Click on this link, or you'll lose your job." I mean, that was a real email, but Twitter workers would be well within their right to be like, "Well." I have been trained in Cyber Awareness 101 and that looks dodge. Now, because of all the other mess that is the email itself, it didn't really matter that that's a cybersecurity problem because, I mean, the email itself is a problem. So once there, his little deadline hit, he put a deadline on it to be fun, which was in the last 24 hours. So once that hit, um, I think he was in the middle of a call with some people that he knew were critical. Um, so, you know, trying to convince them to be part of the hardcore team, both in person in San Francisco and also on like remote team calls. And when 5 p.m. hit, calls were dropped. People walked out of the office, apparently. I like this is a lot of reports <laughs> with multiple sources who said this is what happened. So not only has he fired half the staff and presumably, as we said, at most a week's thought went into it. So he's definitely made mistakes there. And has tried to get people back, which is also part of the reports. Yeah, uh, so this is, just to clarify, fired half the staff, tried to get some of them back when he realised the mistakes that he made. And then he still hasn't resolved that problem. He decides to give everyone else an ultimatum and thinks that's going to work out. So he's lost possibly, again, we're still trying to confirm this, maybe a thousand more people. Yeah. And he still hasn't f- figured out the half he got rid of already. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. So it sounds dramatic to say Twitter could be gone in a week, but really... It's a platform. It's a big, big platform with like 450 million active users a month, I think. they Those people were not sitting on their arses doing nothing <laughs> in Twitter offices. They were doing, so they had jobs. Like they had things to do to keep yeah. that platform going. Yeah. So the biggest concern is not like, oh, this will be the end of Twitter. Do you know the way Facebook is dying a slow death because no cool kids are on it anymore? That's a different problem. Yeah. More on that later. But this is, oh no, this platform could literally crash because nobody yeah. is there to keep it up the gas thing is Twitter is the best it's been in years I can't look away from it <laughs> it's so fun at the moment I haven't been on it as much in ages <laughs> and it because everyone is just kind of using gallows humour and being like on the way out yeah gotta have some crack while we, while we can yeah so but like Watch out for glitches. They could be the first sign. It could it could keel over in an instant. That is one of the scenarios. It if it does collapse, it will more than likely be a slow, uh, kind of <laughs> like a car breaking down slowly, <laughs> like chunk chunk chunk. Um. So yeah, once if you start noticing glitches, that they could be the first signs. Mm. Um. Have you noticed anything? I haven't seen anything yet. I'm just noticing notifications that are a bit. 
a bit funny, but nothing major enough mm. that I would even signal it as a report or anything like yeah. that. But I'm just watching so closely now for any glitch. It's kind of a glitchy app anyway sometimes. Can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Keep I also wonder feels. if like, like I don't think we're the only ones who are more on it. I feel like the server traffic is probably going up more than yeah. it has, which oh. is, you know, and could I cause mean, bigger problems. I won't be tweeting about it because, ugh. But the World Cup is starting this weekend. And this is not related to my sports comments earlier. I love football. I hate FIFA and all of this crap. Um, so that is typically... A big Twitter event. Yeah. yeah. And even with a boycott, like people would probably be using it to tweet about a boycott. Mm-hmm. So um, they're about to have one of the major uh, kind of events World of the events, year that would yeah. be on Twitter. They would have been preparing for this guaranteed when the team was all together. Who, who would have been preparing for it? Where? <laughs> was? Where are the they? People who have saluted and sent their goodbyes. Um, so, yeah. If the server capacity increases at the World Cup this weekend, that could accelerate a collapse if there is a collapse in a minute. Now, there are some people who say it's not going to happen, but from people who have deep technical knowledge, people who used to work at Twitter, mm. uh, people who work as site reliability engineers, I'm listening to those people. And yeah. uh, they don't, think it's long for this world I mean it's very sad I'm sad about it it's very problematic but I live for the drama I live for the drama (laughs) and it it has been it's most dramatic in in such a long time I wasn't even thinking about the World Cup because I too I'm not well you like football but I am not a sports person um I was sad about the prospect that it won't be around for the toy show (gasps) oh yeah Oh, that's broken my little heart. Because that's a full week away. Yeah. Like imagine how much has happened in last week and how much could happen in the next week. And that's not to say, I mean, the platform might still, I don't know what happens to a platform when these things happen, but like he could still nuke it. Like bankruptcy is not off the table. He admitted that himself, Elon Musk. (laughs) He's such a good motivator. It's a regular emails that he's been sending since he took over as the head of the company. And also what's also grim is the amount of articles that I've read about this. And so many journalists have written, you know, when we reached out to Twitter for comments, we got no response <laughs> because Twitter has no communications team anymore. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's gotten rid of them all. Yeah. And, you know, you've not got Yol Ross anymore. So like, where is the adult in the building, please? <laughs> Please. He's a very, very rich toddler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just last night after the ultimatum and all of the, the walkouts. chaos yeah. around like the speculation around how many people have actually decided to leave their jobs, take the severance and walk away. And I mean, fair play to you if you did. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just been shit posting. <laughs> like he just posted a, a meme of someone with a thumbs up by a gravestone and the gravestone is Twitter and also the person giving the thumbs up is the Twitter logo. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is your official comment, sir. <laughs> and the one before that was just a skull and crossbones. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the, I fucking, I hate to bring this up, but let's talk about the richest human being on this planet that has ever walked this planet because it's like, the, the levels of wealth are just insane. Um, really, really likes Bart Simpson level phone call prank comedy. <laughs> so if you see him tweeting about Ligma Johnson, you have to think in terms of US slang there. It's it's a huge ass. 
kind of name, you know? Oh. Ligma Johnson. Uh, he's been making loads of those jokes. And I mean, some people are getting confused and thinking he's actually talking about an actual employee by that name. And he would be confused because two uh, actors were turned up outside Twitter offices. I think the day he took over. So before the original cuts uh, with boxes that they were leaving the office. And there was like, obviously there's loads of media outside and they filmed them. And they gave, I think, each other the surnames Ligma and Johnson. So it was all just just this like internet joke between what should be 15 year olds. And these are grown adult men. And one of them is one of the most powerful men in the world because money is power. Like, Ugh, I, I hate it. <laughs> it's puerile and pathetic. And that's the guy who's probably going to run this fun platform into the ground on us all. I just saw an earlier tweet from I hate I hate it. I hate it. I don't, I'm, not re- <laughs> I'm, I'm literally shutting the box. I'm, just, I'm shutting the computer after this one. But he also, I forgot this actually. He said, nine hours ago we just hit another all-time high in twitter usage lol and then he said let that sink in stop uh, it stop trying to make the sink happen not funny <laughs> but also all-time higher twitter usage that's what we are saying it's the best it's ever been because we're what it's the party at the end of the world it's going to die it's so sad i'd love if that wasn't true but i'm very yeah. concerned well there's kind of there's no way back from here no is there no you know like even if the platform manages to keep running like literally keep running still he's still in charge it's still gonna be a nightmare yeah like I mean instantly instantly when he took over was the surge in hate speech yeah and again I'm, I'm pretty certain that was confirmed by y'all Rob. it was yeah and like, like massively had gone off yeah yeah. just people were like oh I have license now to say this and yeah. it was some disgusting stuff which you know from nothing from nothing other than the fact that he took over so he hadn't even done anything yeah. yet so the worry like I, I couldn't even fathom an explanation of that other than like his literal presence makes people think that they can behave this way and it shows that's the people who are his fans and his champions mm-hmm. that is the type of people that he courts the attention of yeah he courts the respect of and it's like that says a lot yeah I think I want to talk about another billionaire bro for a minute and the health of the tech industry ooh 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 is it gonna be your fave it's not I don't oh. think oh if you think my fave is Bezos it's not him well your fave to talk shit about it <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> well like it's just on this kind of notion of like Elon Musk has a whim and then he does a thing like that's that's what he does and to a slightly lesser extent but more important of recent times is our good old pal Mark Zuckerberg oh okay and I'm he, here yeah so like <laughs> the health of the tech industry and how it's going you mentioned that he's like plummeted off the yeah, rich list. Like you're not even in the top 10. Are you even a billionaire anymore? Jesus. Yeah. He is definitely still a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Meta's value has plunged by like mm. 700 billion. Like literally Wall Street is calling it a train wreck. And that's because he had a whim. Yeah. He had oh. a whim. You know, if all this wasn't happening with Twitter, he would be the stupidest billionaire in the room. I know. He must be <laughs> delighted. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking good for him. Well... <laughs> Stop trying to make the metaverse happen, oh, Mark. That's all I'm saying. Bless your heart. I'd feel sorry for him if he wasn't a billionaire. 
Because it is like it's just again, why are they all they all seem to have this arrested development? Like, why are they all 15-year-old boys? <laughs> you know, like Musk's because that's when they got rich. That's when they got rich. When you think yeah. about it, like Musk <gasps> is a billionaire in his twenties. Millionaire, sorry. Yeah. Musk was a millionaire in his twenties. And yeah, so his emotional maturity is like a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, is there a ratio or a mathematical equation of like, once you make this much money, At this you age. stop maturing <laughs> and you get warped and you're yeah. frozen in time in this, this brain fog of like, no, no, guys, this is a really good idea. Yeah. It's so good that we're pumping all of the money in all of the company into it and we're renaming the company. Let's not forget the company used to be called Facebook and now it's called Meta because yeah. he so badly wants to be attached to the metaverse the metaverse he wants to be synonymous with it the same way Steve Jobs was with the iPhone yeah yeah that's the yeah I suppose that is that's the goal they're all still are aspiring to isn't it but renaming your company to line it up with something is sort of like saying we're going to make a video and we're going to make it go viral like you can't like artificially attach yourself to the thing and then just hope it works yeah and Facebook has had Facebook I can't call them meta (laughs) (laughs) that company that has had some key, big, big name departures at sea level. It has, yeah. Recently, Sandberg, Cheryl Sandberg being the, the yeah. biggest one. And like, it does seem a bit like jumping ship before it all goes Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did make the joke earlier that like, it's a slow death for Facebook because none of the young kids to be on it anymore because it's not cool. But it has actually been like that for a really long time and it has been losing money and interest yeah. and therefore, like, you know, where the interest goes, the advertisers follow. Facebook might do brilliantly if Twitter collapses. Well, there's but, a lot. But people at Facebook aren't working on Facebook. <laughs> They're working on Metaverse. Yeah, this is true. Imagine how they could capitalise on this. Imagine the fact that we have all, I say we have all, I have a profile that I have not touched. Um, You know, a lot of people have migrated to Mastodon, which, you know, isn't new, but like was largely unheard of, I think, before yeah. all this shit kicked off, as opposed to migrating to something that we already have, because nobody in those it companies were thinking, let's mop up the audience. They didn't think, mm, I can capitalize on this. It really kind of challenges the idea of these people as the great disruptive innovators, right? It's like, you couldn't even capitalize on this shit show. Yeah. Like, were on. you even looking? There's like 450 million monthly active users up for grabs here. What are you doing? Yeah. Where is your Twitter yeah. dupe? And like, they, all they do is dupe each other. I know. This is the one time they're like, well, no. Oh. Just gonna let it burn. Gas. So yeah, he he's one of my faves to like to think about the whims. It because it is, I feel like it's just a whim. I just wonder are there people who are like, you know, yeah, he just he's just into it. And like there are opportunities. This whole metaverse thing, there are definite opportunities there if you realize how big the audience can actually be. Mm. Like Facebook Meta thinks it can be a Facebook size audience. Yeah. Not a hope in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Not a hope. Because there's so much tech involved. There's such a high cost of entry. It's like just... No one wants it. No. And yeah, no one wants every interaction to involve a screen strapped to their face. No one is asking for that. Yeah. Like loads of opportunities in gaming and there's some entertainment stuff, but like even when it comes to gaming, VR is a subset of gaming. Not all hardcore gamers are mad into VR. There's mm-hmm. some of them who are mad into it, some of them not interested at all. 
Like it's not even attracted all the gaming people. Yeah. We were the first market that this was really broached for. Yeah. So you're talking about a subset of a subset. So where where is Zuckerberg getting the idea that this could be as big as he thinks it is? That people will do this for work. Motion sickness for work. Yeah. <laughs> like, more for, screens for more work. Screens. Just what we all wanted and have been asking for. With no legs. With <laughs> no legs. What? And it's just like, yeah, well, I guess if I was a billionaire since I was in my 20s, I would be out of touch as well. But and then maybe you would talk to people who are before you just, you well, know. Who, who 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 does he have that's a friend that's A, going to tell him the truth and that he's wrong? Or B, isn't also an out of touch billionaire? Well, They're surrounded yeah. by people who think that their every move is genius. And they've kept those people around them. And that's dangerous. Oh, that I mean, that was so evident as well in the texts and the tweets that oh. came out from Elon Musk when he did buy Twitter. <laughs> well, <laughs> wasn't that a cringy read? <laughs> Weren't they just gorgeous? So these tweets came out via discovery in the legal case that Twitter took against Musk when he tried to back out of the deal. Because let's not forget, he never wanted to buy the fucking thing in the first place. This shit is actually, I think the big reason that he pressed the button and was like, I just got to buy the thing. I got to shut this shit down because yeah. it had already started turning out real bad for him. It was becoming very embarrassing. The tweet, or not the tweets, the text between himself and other like mega investors, big Silicon Valley honchos, uh, just a lot of air slicking going on. And some of them real desperate, like, did you get my text? You haven't responded to my text. Like, oh, <laughs> This is how big business decisions are getting made. Yeah. Oh, it was so, so cringy. And he did not want to go to trial because trial would have meant further analysis of all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Every man does not want to trial. He's been in a trial before that didn't do well in discovery for him. So that Tesla founders thing, mm. the reason why he ended up with the founder um, title was actually the result of a legal case where they said, right, all, all five of you guys can call yourself founders. That was the findings of the legal case. Uh, in the discovery of that case, and this is murky. Um, so he almost says he has a physics degree. I think he has claimed as much as that. Uh, he does encourage people to study physics if they want to become a tech founder. Uh, it's good advice. Mm -hmm. But does he have a physics degree? I'm pretty sure he has a degree in economics, a Bachelor's of Science in Economics, which that is documented in the discovery from this mm. previous trial. Um, he had mentioned doing some sort of study in Stanford that uh, the lawyer subpoenaed Stanford to get information on. They had no record of him uh, as a student there or having participated in studies at Stanford. Um, Stanford being a university that's delivered a lot of um, tech bros <laughs> um, and founders and stuff. So there's a lot of questions around. I'm not saying he doesn't, but, and I'm also not saying he has to have a college grade education in physics to do what he does it's again I'm just saying this whole myth around him mm. that he's built around himself and that he really like tries to create that myth and try to encourage it like once you start looking into it it all gets a bit murky um, and that's the part that bothers me about it it's not that he doesn't have a physics degree if he doesn't have one it's more like that I think he's a bit of a liar yeah well these like <laughs> These are like basically factoids that have been like used mm. to bolster up his entire aura of himself. Like, you know, because loads of billionaires don't have degrees in physics and loads of billionaires have dropped out of college and stuff like that. And that's sort of actually quite a, a common 
look about billionaires. So I do think the idea of people just constantly saying like, oh, like he's a degree in physics. It's so smart. You he's know, so smart. That like it, it adds to it. It's not nothing. It's not worthless. The idea of that, like that does make him sort of a higher thing. So if you're if you're dining out on something, that's potentially not true, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it is like the factoids around him, which, you know, fun fact, there is factoid about a factoid, which is people think factoid means, means a little fact. It doesn't. It, it means doesn't. a thing that is just said enough times that people have decided it's true, but it's actually not. So that in itself is a factoid. Yep. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Blow this case wide open. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of his aura, his fanboys, things like that, are built on factoids or half-truths, things that we kind of half know about him and then just enough times people say things like, oh, he created Tesla. Mm-hmm. If you say it enough, and it then it's... true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if he's half as impressive as a lot of people say he is, well, well. Yeah. Great. And what he has done, what I can categorically say he's absolutely done well, is he's put his money on the right horses. A he lot has. of the time. Which is a skill in itself. Yeah. This is not a good skill, horse. Skill, well, when you already have money... <laughs> It is very easy to make more money. Yeah, that's not true. very easy. I'm I'm being facetious there, but like you can afford the the advisors that can tell you where to place those bets. You can afford the things that help you to preserve your money. Yeah, uh, to make sure that you're you're making the most of your money, make your money, make money. All of those things you can afford that the come risk with already having money. <laughs> this was a bad horse, though. This was a bad horse. <laughs> well, he didn't want it. He didn't want this horse. He that's true. He didn't want it. He didn't want. He the made horse. a joke. And then he just decided to really follow through on that joke and offer them more than the company was valued to buy it. Then he was like, actually, I really don't want this bots. Can we say something about bots? Yeah, bots. I don't want the company because bots. Then he got sued. Then he realized he didn't want to go to trial. He was like, I'm going to have to buy this company. And now he's trying to raise it to the ground because if it goes bankrupt, he doesn't owe investors. Because he didn't spend $44 billion of his own massively declining wealth day by day. He has investors that are part of this deal. I can't remember what the percentage he contributed. He did contribute some. Um, and he owes those investors. They Investors want return on their investment. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to pay out. And if this company doesn't do well, it's better for him if it just goes bankrupt. Do you know what that makes me think of? Um, Michael Scott in the office. <laughs> when he walks out, he's like, I declare bankruptcy. I actually think that's what he's going to do. <laughs> Nothing is beyond the realms of possibility at this point. Absolutely not. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying time. What a time to be alive and okay. tweeting. Will we be? <laughs> Will we be? Will we still be tweeting this time next week? Oh, I don't want it to go, but I can't see how it survives. I really don't see how it survives. Let that sink in. Oh, you did. Thanks for listening to Tech and Aegis, our bonus content from For Tech's Sake, a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Remember, you can listen to all of the brilliant bonus content from across the Headstuff Podcast Network, and you really should. And you can follow us at Silicon Republic and at For Tech's Sake Pod on your preferred social platform. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.